February 8th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will be from the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 31. We'll go through chapter 26, verse 13. Here is an overview of what we'll find there. We'll see that when Jesus Christ returns, it will be a time of separation. The wise will be separated from the foolish, the faithful servants from the unfaithful, the blessed sheep from the cursed goats, the wise virgins had oil and were prepared to meet the bridegroom. Many people profess to be Christians, but do not have the Holy Spirit and are not born again. They may mingle with the saved, but they are not really one of them and they will not enter into the marriage feast. His coming also means evaluation. As we wait for the Lord to return, we must invest our lives and earn dividends for His glory. Christ gives us opportunities that match our abilities, and the one-talent servant is just as important as the five-talent servant. The key is faithfulness to God's calling in your life. Wherever He has you, be faithful. For God measures us against ourselves and not against the other servants. Are you afraid to step out by faith and take some risks for God? When Christ returns, as we shall see as we read here, it will be a time of commendation. We will be surprised to learn about ministries we performed that we thought were insignificant but that He will reward. This parable is not teaching salvation by good works. Christ's sheep know that they are sheep, but they do not always realize what their service means to Christ. We will experience some surprises in that day. And now, let's continue our Bible reading here in the New Testament. February 8th, Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 Through chapter 26, verse 13. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit upon His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in His presence, and He will separate them as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at His right hand, and the goats at His left. Then the King will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by My Father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will tell them, I assure you, when you did it to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones! into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. 
I was naked, and you gave me no clothing. I was sick, and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I assure you, when you refused to help the least of these my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover celebration begins in two days, and I, the Son of Man, will be betrayed and crucified. At that time the leading priests and other leaders were meeting at the residence of Caiaphas, the high priest, to discuss how to capture Jesus secretly and put him to death. But not during the Passover, they agreed, or there will be a riot. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had leprosy. During supper, a woman came in with a beautiful jar of expensive perfume and poured it over his head. The disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste of money, they said. She could have sold it for a fortune and given the money to the poor. But Jesus replied, Why berate her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but I will not be here with you much longer. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. I assure you, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be talked about in her memory. Hear this, an almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful God is sitting in heaven waiting to hear from you. David says that he has his, ha his hand cupped behind his ear, listening for his children to ask him for great and mighty things that we know not. He's listening for us to pull down the strongholds of addictions that enslave our families, to pull down the strongholds of abortion and pornography, to pull down the demonic forces that are destroying the government of the United States. So what does he hear from our lips? Oh, God, watch over the parakeet and water the grass. Let me tell you something. When you walk through these doors and you lift your hands to pray, I want you to remember that you are talking to almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful God, the creator of heaven and earth. The blast of his nostrils can split the cedars of Lebanon. He holds the seven seas in the palms of his hand. He weighs the mountains in a scale and the hills in the balance. You can ask him for things so staggering, so big, that God slides out of his chair and sits on the and says to the angels, did you hear what he said? Asking, asking, asking for things that are impossible because with God, nothing is impossible. Ask him to defeat the giants in your life because our God is a giant killer. Ask him to divide the sea before you and to bury Pharaoh and watch him turn your enemies into fish food. Ask him, ask him to send fire from heaven as he did for Elijah and he will. Ask him to walk with you in the fire of the fiery furnace and be the fourth man in the fire and he will he said you will walk through the fire and the fire will not burn you you will walk through the water and the water will not drown you ask him he's the God who cannot fail he's waiting to show you great and mighty things ask him pray 
pray, pray. God in heaven wants you to have that power. You are made in the image of God. God is not a statue. He speaks. He thinks. He talks. He feels our infirmities. He answers our prayer. He's alive. He's Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. He's Jehovah Nissi, the Lord who is our banner. He's Jehovah Shalom, the God our peace. Pray, pray, pray. God is in heaven saying, what do you need? Do you need healing? Ask in faith, believing, and I will give it. Do you need supernatural wisdom to make a tough decision? Ask of me, and I will lead you in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Do you need peace that surpasses understanding? Ask, 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 for nothing is impossible to those that believe. No good thing will he withhold from those that diligently seek him. Do you need the impossible? Then open your mouth. Open your mouth in faith, believing. You're not talking to the present of the United States. You're not talking to Bill Gates. Both of them together can't control their next breath. You're talking to the creator of heaven and earth. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He uses gold for asphalt on the streets of heaven. He moves mountains. He divides seas. He'll give you wells you didn't dig, vineyards you didn't plant, houses you didn't build. He will make you the head and not the tail because nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible to you. Psalm 31, verses 9 through 18. Here we will read about some foes that David had. David's enemies persecuted him, lied about him, and spread a net to catch him. Where could he turn for help? Only to the Lord. If the hand of the enemy is against you, find safety in the hand of the Lord. And we'll read about feelings. David was ill, possibly as the result of his own disobedience. See, God can use enemies and sickness to chasten us and bring us to a place of submission. David's enemies laughed at him and his friends ignored him. All David could do was turn to the Lord for help. And the Lord did not fail him. We'll read about faith. The emphasis is on David's faith in the Lord. Because of his faith, David was not ashamed, but rejoiced in God, and enjoyed the smile of God upon his life. He knew that God's goodness would carry him through. Psalm 31, verses 9 through 18. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am in distress. My sight is blurred because of my tears. My body and soul are withering away. I am dying from grief. My years are shortened by sadness. Misery has drained my strength. I am wasting away from within. I am scorned by all my enemies and despised by my neighbors. Even my friends are afraid to come near me. When they see me on the street, they turn the other way. I have been ignored as if I were dead, as if I were a broken pot. I have heard the many rumors about me, and I am surrounded by terror. My enemies conspire against me, plotting to take my life. But I am trusting you, O Lord, saying, You are my God. My future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. Let your favor shine on your servant. In your unfailing love, save me. 
Don't let me be disgraced, O Lord. For I call out to you for help. Let the wicked be disgraced. Let them lie silent in the grave. May their lying lips be silenced, those proud and arrogant lips that accuse the godly. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 12 and 13. I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. That is why I hate pride, arrogance, corruption, and perverted speech.